The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing? I have a feeling that Michael went to go see Toy Story this weekend. Oh, I did. I had the little one decked out. I don't say I did. My wife found the perfect Toy Story t-shirt. So we had her decked out in that. She had Woody with her. We had the little snack pack thing where she was carrying her little popcorn. It was about the cutest thing. About the cutest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. We are going to go... Well, we were going to go tonight. And then Samantha remembered that she had an optometrist appointment. So at like 5.45, she found a, a group that stays open after 5. So she doesn't have to take time off to go and do this. Um, and so she's like, oh, we have that. And then you have the podcast and so we didn't go tonight. We may go not on a Tuesday night or we may go just next week. Yeah. Um, speaking of next week, because we have not finally, like we're glad to be here, but since we have officially entered into the off season, yes, Michael and I will probably go to an every other week recording schedule until fall camp starts. So you'll miss like two or three episodes. That's not too bad. (laughs) Because the baseball team went so dang far into June. I mean, it is June 25th and this is our, we've made it to the, we're in the off season. We're going to have less than two months of actual off season. And we'll have like six weeks, Mm -hmm. I think, or seven. So, um, well that, and then we have the, the 4th of July holiday in there next week, which is another reason why we'll start that now. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about the end of the baseball season, how that came to a disappointing conclusion last week. Um, we'll talk about football. There were a lot of action. There was a lot of action going on with camp season underway with the, um, truncated, recruiting season recruiting cycle with the early signing period. We'll do a little bit of a wrap on basketball. Cause I think we'll probably be done with basketball news until they start official fall practices. Although they have come together as a team. Um, we'll wrap up the baseball season really quickly. Get to your questions going yard. Everybody's favorite segment and what we <laughs> learned. Um, we should really just timestamp when going yard starts because I know that's, just that's why people right tune in. Speaking of timestamp, we are we set ourselves a goal tonight to finish recording in under an hour. We're determined to do it. We're it's summer. Everything everybody's got stuff to do. Things are go you know things are happening. People are on vacation. Fifty six minutes to go. Yeah, yeah. You you can justify 
you know, burning an hour and 45 at your job to listen to a podcast, but on vacation, no time's more valuable. You, you gotta, you gotta trim that down. Also really quickly. So Michael's wife made this summer puppy chow recipe. Oh my gosh, guys. It's like white chocolate and lemon. Yes. It's fantastic. Probably butter. I bet butter was involved too. It's just, it's know. dynamite. It's th- two cups of powdered sugar. This, this bowl may disappear before us this <laughs> evening. <laughs> She and she had just made it. It was she just tried it. Um, it was fantastic, successful gosh. first try, man. So, Michael, you have any plans for the off season now that we're we're done kind of following a a specific team? You got any travel plans or a, a little bit? We're gonna next week. We'll actually be in Colorado, taking the fam, going on a, a Clark Griswold road trip up north, loading up the family truckster. And going to hang out in Colorado Springs for several days and come back. And then we're going to try, there's the weekend. Here's a travel tip for you with Littles. The, the weekend before Labor Day is the best weekend to book Great Wolf Lodge in Grapevine. Because that's, that's the cheapest it gets. I was going to say, why is that? That's exactly it. Because most kids have started back to school. You know, if you've got a young kid who hasn't quite gotten into school yet. So that is the primo cheap weekend to look into. Um, <laughs> I think we're staying on a really random, I think Monday and Tuesday night. There you go. Because it was cheapest. Yes. Or no, Sunday and Monday night. <clears throat> so we don't fall into that category of having a child not in school anymore. That's right. He will start kindergarten this fall. The little, not so little anymore. I can't believe it. Yeah, he'll be five. Already got a season of T-ball under his belt. He does. He's ready to go. He didn't want to do fall ball. It was too close to spring ball even though the fall ball for this league is not actually fall it's going on right now it's like six weeks of no sorry it starts it starts after the fourth holiday and then basically runs until the school starts okay all right um was not interested in doing that but he he does want to do baseball again in the spring so we didn't burn him out one season losing 14 games did not break his spirit like it broke mine (laughs) Um, he actually, he enjoyed it. He actually, he it wasn't about winning or losing. Not for this group. He he just enjoyed playing. He enjoyed playing the game. He got a trophy. Uh, he got, he was um, not awarded, but selected as most versatile. All right. On his team. Played basically every position poorly, but I mean, he's four. <laughs> Qualifies. Um, Do y'all have any big plans? No, not anymore. Not anymore. We, we did our, our vacation already. That's right. Y'all went to the May. coast. Yep. Um, well, I, so I'm going to Carlsbad this week, Thursday. I got, I got, maybe I, you'll see Dan. I, I think we don't, our, our schedules don't line up. I think he goes, I think he flies back to Houston tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, okay. And I leave tomorrow night. I picked up a freelance project, a little extra cash in the pocket. So it'd be pretty cool. That's good. I'm making a video out there for a construction company. Oh, maybe off air you can tell me what the construction company is. Yeah, I don't remember specifically, <laughs> but you don't care. It just sounds fun, and it, it's a <laughs> you safety get to do something video. You like to do. It, it's like a heat exhaustion, heat stroke safety video. Oh, okay, for their, like their crews. Man, so. that's that is no joke. That's very important. Very important stuff uh, yeah. for anybody working out. I'm assuming they're actually working around. 
Eastern New Mexico and the Permian West Basin, Texas. Yeah. West Texas, yeah. Um, and then my mom will be in town for the fourth. She's coming in Wednesday, the third, and then I think staying through the weekend. Um, we've started this not tradition, but we've it started last year. Really, we made like a big to do out of going to the big celebration in McKenzie Park. Mm. Basically, like we set up a tent, like brought all kinds of tailgate food out there, and yeah, you invited us last year, but we weren't able to make it. Tailgated the the heck out of that firework. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Show. Yeah, if, if y'all see Spencer's family, just judging by the photos, y'all need to stop by and eat. Grab some food. Yep. They're going to have a, just a little bit of food. Yeah, we did, a, we did a brisket. We did all kinds of stuff last year. It was good. I love the fourth. It's, Dude, it's, it's just the best. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read some books catch up on I'm, some shows I, I maybe would like to get into reading it always puts me to sleep so i have a hard time keeping up with it yeah can see that probably because i don't i put it off until like I'm, I'm getting into bed and then it's like well i'm in bed it's time for sleep <laughs> i'm already here yeah might as well all right let's talk about some football if we're gonna keep this under an hour we gotta we yeah gotta, you're right we gotta get moving um so camp season fully underway uh texas tech has hosted i think at least two camps over the weekend um most notably this past weekend was a big one. Um, Matt Wells kicked it off with a tweet saying the future of the Texas Tech football program is going to be here on campus. And then 36 hours later, eight new commits later, the 2020 recruiting class is, is taking shape. You picked up, um, I believe, seven or eight commits over the Saturday-Sunday uh, with still some more that attended and picked up offers that should be announcing soon. Yeah, it was a very uh, blistering pace yep. of, of Reckham tweets. So you picked up uh, two on the defensive side. You picked up three receivers, a running back, and an offensive lineman. So defensive end, Clinton Anakwaru. I probably messed that up pretty good. Um, defensive back, Javon Debon. Dabon? Debon? <laughs> a bone <laughs> um running back taj brooks so i i started to look into these recruits a little bit more this afternoon i didn't get very far i watched his highlight tape um two things stood out to me for a running back he's slow 
However, it was interesting. Like he didn't look like he was moving very fast. His 40 was listed as 4.8 at one of the, like the Nike elite camps or something from this past spring. He hardly got caught from behind, but he didn't look like he was moving very fast. Just, just churning. Um, but also very Kenny Williams, Samaj P Ryan esque in that he survived contact. Like this dude just bounced off of defenders. Um, I think the first time you see him get tackled, he's like, he's falling into the end zone, right? A lot of the plays that aren't scoring plays end with him getting pushed out of bounds because he's not going down. Um, he's like 5'10", 215 as a junior in high school. Um, no, I don't think all that weight is good weight. He, he may end up playing around 215 or 220 in college after he's lost some of the fat and put regained some muscle, but... It's a pretty stout little dude. I mean, yeah. no, no, he's not Samaj P. Ryan, but his running in that he's air quotes survives contact uh, reminded me a lot of that. He just wasn't very fast. Um, and then you've got two uh, receivers, Jalen Polk, JJ Sparkman, and then inside receiver, Kushan Bright. Offensive lineman, Larry Moore. Um, and more to come. Yeah, because apparently the, he's not he's not done. There was at least one more that I I know. So it's a weird kind of situation. But the girl that works in my office that's from New Mexico has family that is actually hosting um, a student athlete in their town, um, and that his parents are still back in Nigeria. Um. So he's been staying with them. They've been going on his recruiting trips with them. Was in town um, at Texas Tech this past weekend. The family that's hosting him said that he verbally committed, but it hasn't been announced. Okay. And it may not have. It may have been like he said he was going to commit, or that he would commit later on. Anyways, um, look for that. I don't know if it like matters if I it, if I say his name or not, but it's a uh, Philip Bleedy, Blighty, Blighty. Man, we got these names I don't down. Know. So it's B L I D I. Bleday, maybe he's from Nigeria though. So I'm not. I'm not. He's listed. I'm not sure if my if that means I should change how I pronounce that or not. <laughs> <laughs> one of the guys or one of the rec- recruiting experts that's we're giving some um, analysis on him said he's possibly the number two recruit coming out of the state of New Mexico. Granted, that may not be saying much. How dare you? How dare you talk about the land of enchantment with such disdain? You mean the land of entrapment? Oh my goodness. I live there, man. I can say that. You did. I've never lived there, so I can't. I can just look at it as uh, it's a great place to to go visit some family here and there. Yep. Um, And while this is a... Texas Tech podcast. We're gonna. There are two bits of notes in both football and basketball surrounding Oklahoma State. Um, before we get there, though, we'll, let's talk about the grad transfer that announced he's coming to Tech. You got a guy, a quarterback from Rice, announced he's going to transfer a graduate transfer into your program. Um, most likely as depth, but 
the size there is pretty intriguing. Yes. It's interesting because when Probably. Michael saw it, he's like, that's a tight end. I know. I just I just saw that Spencer had put this in the notes, and I wasn't paying attention. I just I'm gonna get, go ahead and read them off. But I saw six five two fifty one, and thought, man, they are serious about these tight ends. They are loading up. And then and then so you, that dude played quarterback at Rice. Yeah, and you came in <laughs> earlier and you told me his passing yardage, and I thought that is insane for a tight end. Yep. <laughs> no, no. No. Unfortunately, that. <laughs> 132 passing yards in 2018 is not a... So That would be really good. That would be very impressive if you were a tight end. Yeah. Um, if Gronkowski had 132 passing yards last year. Yeah, that's like, you know... Wow. This, this kid's ten, nuts. Almost 10 yards a game for him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's from Edgewood. Originally from Edgewood playing at Rice. Um, he, he may... I, I would assume with all the, the depth transferring from your quarterback room this spring may just be a, a, a body in case something happens like a um a test of Verde. Right. Well because you from lost like twenty thirteen. <laughs> I mean you lost three? Yeah, so you lost Garrett. Um you lost Texas Tech's number one passing. Well until like, there towards the end of the season where he came back in and threw a couple incompletions and ruined his uh no perfect passer rating that's right because he had that one pass uh non-conference early on it was, was one for one the for one like 41 yard touchdown to eric Ezukanma. Mm-hmm. one completion for most of the season was a 40 yard bomb touchdown and then he blows it at the end of the season <laughs> way to go kingsbury he's uh how dare you i'm sure he's regretting that now yeah um, so yeah, you picked up a grad transfer quarterback, Jackson Tyner from Rice. Again, six five, two fifty one. Probably a depth guy. May get a look at tight end just what because I, he's so big. Well, what I wanted to clarify was when you said, you know, this guy had one hundred and thirty passing yards. I thought you meant this tight end passed for one hundred and thirty yards. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got you. I thought it said something weird that was confusing because I tend to do that. Spencer's over there checking the baseball score. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the Vanderbilt-Michigan game. This is game two of the championship series. Michigan won last night pretty handedly. Vanderbilt looks like to be riding the arm of uh, Kumar Jackson. Wait, Kumar Rocker. Sorry, I don't know where I got Jackson from. Um, starting pitcher was just electric he had that no hitter in the supers against duke oh gosh he had a no he had a complete game no hitter had 19 strikeouts <laughs> it was a first no hitter in super regional history <laughs> but 19 of the 27 outs he recorded i'm sure swinging gay man i'm just sure yesterday or not yesterday but um during game one they were just all thinking yeah just wait our guys our guys going on the mound well, it, it almost seems like we're, we're going to be back in. This is going to go to three games, Michigan no matter what. C- kind of chalked it up that way because the guy they started tonight was not one of the three guys that have pitched all Omaha. Like tonight is their first time they've used somebody not named Kaufman, Henry, or forty-seven, whatever that reliever slash starter. Well, because the guy that played last night, he pitched up until that the was last, Henry. Yeah, I mean he he pitched through the eighth inning. And he's the one that went complete game against Florida State. Or through the ninth, actually. Yeah. He, he started the he ninth. He went eight and a third. Yeah. So he got an out into the, into the ninth. 
Um, so yeah, so they, they were probably holding back their, um, they started to come back Kaufman to come back on, on game three. Um, it's been really interesting just to see how hot Michigan's got. The pitching on this level is just stupid. It's ridiculous. I'm jealous. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to completely derail us on no, baseball. Um, all right. One more, one more note of football news. We'll kind of use the OSU uh, bridge to get from football to basketball. But supposedly there was, um, there was an Oklahoma State offer or maybe even a commit he went to camp at Oklahoma State, received an offer, probably committed, said he was going to leave his options open, visited Texas Tech, and with that, Oklahoma State rescinded their offer. Yes. That's that's what I'm reading here on uh, the, the Go Pokes 24-7 sports site. <laughs> Go uh, Pokes? My, yeah. Miles Price from the Colony had taken an official visit this weekend to Texas Tech and that Oklahoma State, where Price had just committed a week ago, had rescinded their scholarship offer. And it goes, he goes through to make sure... This is written by Robert Allen. Nice job. Nice job, Bob. Uh, he, was, he goes through to say that, you know, we just wanted to make sure everything's good, and we didn't want to release this if it wasn't right. But it says, It seems strange that Price would take that visit unless he wasn't serious about his pledge to Oklahoma State as he really seemed to be when we interviewed him immediately after a very good showing in Cowboy Premier Camp. And they kind of go on to say a little bit more that um, what we have confirmed that Price was told by Oklahoma State staff, including coach head Mike, uh, including head coach Mike Gundy, that they expected him to not take any other official visits. This has been common with Oklahoma State recruiting since the Cowboys were burned by several recruits about four years ago in similar situations. So that's basically it. Apparently he was aware, or according to Gundy and the staff, he was aware that if he took an official visit somewhere that they would then rescind the offer. And so that's exactly what they did. So the the greatest thing about this, though, is that like the Twitter reaction from coaches, they are lighting Oklahoma state up. And I don't know if they're like high school coaches or just other coaches within the profession. Um, Marcus Pugh is handled at coach Pugh. This is the most pitiful story I have ever read because a kid took an, an official visit that he is allowed to take. You take his offer dot, 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 SMH. <laughs> well, and that's kind of why I wanted to read it from Oklahoma State's perspective, just to see. It kind of turned out to, they're claiming it to be about like how I thought they would arrange it is, well, you know, the kid knew if he took another visit, then that, that Oklahoma State was going to pull his scholarship, no big deal. Not pull his scholarship, but rescind the offer. Yeah. It's, well, but it's no like, one else really does that, I don't think. Well, it it's not. It's not in the in the. It's an offer. It's not a. Well, he did accept a. He he did he had committed, but. I don't know. That just seems pretty wishy washy to do that kind At of stuff. At Coach Morvant, this is a bad look for Oklahoma State. And the kid has every right to take all of his official visits. 
EJ Holland. So Oklahoma State is pulling offers like that. Eno Benjamin, um, the receiver, I think played at uh, Florida State when they were really good a few years ago. LOL, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> With the quote of Oklahoma State 24-7. Oh, and then just just so you can get a little bit more um, of what probably most of Stillwater's thinking, this part made the little article I found, and it says, just for clarity, we included the Webster's Dictionary definition of oh the word gosh. commitment. Talk about petty. Yeah, and then, of course, there's the actual commitment definition mm-hmm. there. So, Miles Price, y'all foul for this, 100. I ain't I ain't know this was gonna grow to be this huge. Dot, 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 dot. Um, so, the one... The article I'm reading is on the is on the pistols firing blog. Uh, the author says, not only was this a terrible look for Oklahoma State, but it was downright petty. Sure, he committed to Oklahoma State a week ago, but in 2019, nearly every recruit in the country worth a darn expends all official visits. It's an expense-paid trip that includes tours, meals, and the visual visualization of what an academic experience would look like. Not doing so would be a disservice. Say what you will about his commitment and what it says or doesn't say about him tripping to Texas Tech, but this was a knee jerk that resulted in a hyperextension and hurt feelings. No one wins here, and especially Oklahoma State, which was really in, an, in no position at all in the first place to dictate whether a recruit does or doesn't visit other programs. So this Oklahoma State fan, author, reporter, Kyle Boone, has it right. I think so too. It's just it's just not a good look. Speaking of not a good look, yes, Oklahoma State basketball. Mike Boynton, head coach, hires Kanan Cunningham as an assistant coach to the Cade. Did mm-mm. you say Kanan? Cannon. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. He's the older brother of Cade Cunningham. Okay. Do you know who Cade Cunningham is? I do not. He is the number two rated basketball recruit for the 2020 signing class. And just like that, his older brother has a spot on the coaching staff. You know how they were able to do this, Michael? Legally? (laughs) They reassigned one of their current assistant coaches as a special assistant to the head coach. So they they basically pushed one of their current... They created a position. They pushed one of their current guys out into a non-coaching position to make room for this recruit's brother to have a position on the staff. What is this recruit's brother's um, resume? What are his qualifications? He's been an ops guy on some other low-level staffs. Tulane... um, other schools like that. I, I can't remember the other schools. Never an actual like coaching position until now. I mean, I'm just doing the math. How much older is he than his brother? Couldn't tell you. Are we talking seven years? So Cade It's gotta be it's gotta be up there. If he's out of school, out of college, and has experience doing something for college basketball staffs. And he's got a kid brother who's 17. Yeah. So Cade Cunningham is a six, six combo guard, 
five-star recruit from Mount Verde Academy in Arlington, Texas. He's the number one recruit in Texas, the number two combo guard. He's the number three national. <laughs> but I think there's at least one guy ahead of him committed, so he's like the number two uncommitted guy in the country. Um, so he might he might make some visits to his brother just just because they're buds. Yeah. So over over the next couple of Cannon or Canaan, however you want to say his name, is C A N N E N. His older brother is twenty six. Okay. He played at SMU. Um. What else did he do? Coached at Tulane. Um. I don't know why. I was just more intrigued by the. The age difference that there had to be with these brothers. 6'10", 225, older brother. Wow. So Maybe he's a really good coach. He hasn't, he hasn't coached. He's been like an ops guy, a video guy, a scouting guy. So he's a, he's a film junkie. He's a, he's a X's prepper. and O's. Yeah. Which, first one and last one to leave. You can kind of see where like he may be on a path. But like to jump from like a film guy at Tulane to a full blown assistant coach at a power five school the year before your nothing to do with his younger brother being a senior in high school as the number three recruit in the country. And Oklahoma State, who's really uh I mean their program they're positioned well. They're positioned well to to bounce back. They had an awful year, but um I think they'll I think they'll bounce back in the next couple of years and be really. Well, yeah, if you get the number three guy in the country, sure. Well, I know. I'm, beside that, before this was even a possibility. Yeah, that seems a little bit. I mean, it's sketchy. not. Oklahoma State is well within their their hopeful, well within their their right to hire who they want for their coaching staff, right? I, I they can go out there and hire Mike Shashevsky as a special assistant if they wanted to. Um. Right. But just the timing of it, it's a little... The timing and then the the hoops they had to jump through to make it happen. <laughs> hoops. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Speaking of hoops, what else we got about hoops? Anyways, um, n- not that Texas Tech was in on this player at all. I just saw it, it come up with like, wow, way to go, Pokes. Way to go. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the... Foot is in the door. The draft was this past week. Your boy Jarrett Culver went number six overall. Man. Um, officially drafted by the Phoenix Suns, but a trade has been agreed upon to send him to the Timberwolves. Um, Which in turn made our buddy Kyle very happy. He's a big Minnesota sports fan. Yep. Vikings, T-Wolves. Um, very cool to see. He very nearly reset the highest drafted Texas Tech player, uh, Tony Batie was number five. Oh, he was five? Okay, no, yeah, four would have beaten it. I yeah, which would have been um, New Orleans' second pick, but they traded that to the Hawks. Right. Um, Within a day or two before the draft. I can't remember when it actually happened. Yeah. Speaking of the Hawks, Matt Mooney signed a free agent deal, whatever they call it for basketball. I don't follow in the NBA super close, but he signed with the Hawks. Yeah. I've, I only f- knew that because he tweeted it out and I saw that whether it's practice or G league or something, but I think it is a, this, a summer league. They have a summer league, which is, I think is different than the G league. Cause I think the G league runs during the season. So yeah. the summer leagues, 
basically G League guys. And, you know, usually it's the assistant that coaches. I know for the Spurs, Becky Hammond usually coaches the mm-hmm. Summer League. Yeah, and they that. have that big tournament in Vegas, which will be a fun thing to go to. So, yeah, let's let's try to let's try to get that cool. happen. Yeah. Hey, you guys, um, if, if there's any NBA folks listening right now, just uh, we would love to take the podcast on the road and broadcast live from Vegas for the tournament. Oh, yeah. Just uh, reach out to us at <laughs> how do you at 23 personnel on the Twitter. That's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. You send us, send us a DM. Yeah. Drop in those DMs. Or slide. slide. I don't even know how to. Slide into the DMs. Like I don't Chris even know Collins how to worth. lingo, Spencer. I don't know how to do it. On the on the Sunday night NFL broadcast when he just slides in. Oh, man. Yeah. It's beautiful stuff. Graceful. Like a, like a gazelle. Tariq Owens. Gazelle-like in his own right. True. <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to bridge that gap there. I don't think it worked. Oh. Also signed a... A deal, undrafted deal with the Phoenix Suns. So Tariq Owens will be a professional ball player, professional baller. Um, it was a cool video where he, he got off the phone with the, the Suns organization from his, like the, the video was from his house. Somebody was there recording the whole thing. Pretty cool moment to see him and his dad celebrate that. Um, so three players from this past season's roster making the jump to professional ball. Um, it's pretty cool to see. Yes. I hope that they can stay on a roster and find some success in the summer league. I I just I don't want to underestimate it, but I know it's it's probably gonna be tough for Mooney and you know, it could be tough for Owens too. But we'll just we'll just see how these guys do. No, Owens I think is unique enough that he may carve out some space for him on a roster or or to be like a a journeyman as they call him. Especially if Owens because well, what's great about both of these guys is their defensive ability. Mm-hmm. That'll translate yeah. to the NBA. They they can still play defense on guys. They may not be as effective, at least not at first, because the talent level is just such a huge jump. But on the defensive side of the ball, I have no worries. Um, offensively, you know, there's there's been guys that were valued almost solely for their defense. And they just, if they produced on the offensive side, that was great. If not, they still just made it work. And I'm not saying that these guys would not produce. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. It's yep, just, I got you. they can jump in and play defense right now. But I, I don't know if they could get in there and, you know, score eight, 12 points a game in the NBA just off the bat. I don't think that's fair to to uh, to ask. No, probably not. Um, all right, one last bit of basketball news. Besides, the team is together. You're seeing on the the basketball athletic Twitter accounts, stuff like that. You see the teams practicing video from Morrow hitting shots. Uh, Jemias Ramsey in a Texas Tech practice uniform, which is still surreal Just to me. Just love it. Um, Deshaun Corpru, Michael's man. My guy. Or maybe previous man. Um, suspended this week. Yeah. Um, allegations come out of, of assault. Um, and there's a Title IX investigation ongoing. Kyle actually made some some good points in the in the Slack chat, referencing actually points that Ryan Hyatt made today. That it's something with a legal aspect like assault probably should be handled and investigated by a law enforcement agency like a police department, rather than um 
university's Title IX office, but you don't know the, the specifics of the, of the situation or the victim's willingness to report. I don't know any right. of that. So while this is ongoing, corporate has been suspended, um, may not see him again with the Texas Tech Red Raider basketball team. Yeah, which which would be more than unfortunate. Uh we'll just we'll have to wait and see what the allegations are and how uh I mean how everything just kind of shakes out. Right. Well, you just this type of thing doesn't surface just because usually there's a reason and there's something Sub- to substantiation. it. Substantiation. Yes. Yeah. That's so he said she said and like, "Oh, we're going to go ahead and just you know, run the flag up to the title line and have them. Right. No, um, that's not a thing that happens. So no, I, these, these should be taken seriously. And, and I, I think, I think tech is taking it seriously. And it looks like the coaching staff is as well. And uh, I would, I would like to see that he's exonerated and has done no wrong, but it's just, who knows, who knows what's going to happen. So for all parties involved, I hope it all works out. Uh, I, I think Seth said it best that he hopes that justice is served, whatever that means, however that falls down. If it's, yep. Um, yeah. However that works out. So we, we mentioned baseball a little while ago. The season came to a close last Friday. Yes. It was Friday. Yes. Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon. You took on Michigan once again, um, needing to beat them twice to move into the championship series. Um, you got down early. You kind of were hanging in with them a little bit. weren't making any progress. At one point, you were down seven to three. Michael and I both called it. We were at um, Hub City Wings watching the game. We're like, eh, I don't feel this one coming back. Oh, you and Labar were both there. Yeah, yeah, we were there together. That's cool. I don't think I realized that. Um, I I will go ahead and take the blame. At that point, when we left, is when Michigan scored like five straight runs. Ooh. So that's on us. Yeah. Um, and like the seventh or eighth, you, the, end up, you end up losing that game 15 to three. Um, the most runs you've given up all season. Um, up until tonight, actually Michigan had only used three pitchers their entire time up in Omaha. They'd use Kaufman, um, Tommy Henry, who did, had that complete game performance against Florida state that allowed them to save their bullpen. Not that they've been using it because their starter turned reliever. I'm blanking on his name. Chriswell? Chriswell, yeah. Because he finished against us. Yep, and then he finished last night against um, Vanderbilt in game one. Um, yeah, we just... It started off with we beating ourselves. Like, we were not making the plays we should have been making. Um, But this, it's not one of those games like the first time you lost to Michigan where it felt like you beat yourself. Yeah, it it may have started that way on Friday, but Michigan beat you pretty bad. Man, this this just felt was, like you, you you had no chance. You were lucky to once you got there and got down so big, it felt like you cut you just ran out of gas. Yeah, uh, that uh, was it. A let's see what it was. It a two run homer? No, no, it wasn't a homer. They, they scored two was, runs. In the first, second, and third innings, and then scored one run in the f- fourth, fourth, and then no runs in the fifth. Yeah, that's right. But at that point, you were down seven to. That was the only inning you kept them scoreless. Was in the yeah. fifth, because yeah, um, you just. 
you didn't have a great start, obviously, from Micah Dallas. Uh, the first his first appearance against Michigan, he went three innings. This one, he went like two plus. He got into your bullpen early. He went one. Yeah. Oh. He went one inning because he he was pulled in the second inning. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, and just like in the first game, you you got in your bullpen way too early. Um, and it felt like since that first game against Michigan, you just you were overstretched from there and you were just trying to cobble a, a, a pitching rotation together. Um, and you, just, you had it, seven guys pitch. Yeah. Guys like uh, Hunter Dobbins c- came in there late. Clayton Beater came in there. I think Caleb Freeman finally got some time in there. Ryan Sublette got some time. Um, guys that hadn't pitched basically any of the postseason until that final game, you're just like, well, we're here. We're down 12 runs. Might as well. <laughs> Throw Beater out there. Um, which will we'll do them good. Any any subsequent trips, return trips that they've had experience in a big game. Um, so yeah, you you end up losing your last game uh, to Michigan, like fifteen to three. Not how you want to go out, but um, like I said, you kind of ran out of gas. You didn't have the the performance you needed from Dallas on Saturday afternoon, your first game. Um, you did well against Arkansas and then Florida State to to claw your way back in there um put yourself in a position to play for a national title um and then you just kind of ran a guess i I don't i don't think there's any like there's not one thing you can point to there were lots of little things um you know i i I was frustrated with braxton fulford his defense yes Um, yes i think everybody was having watched other games of the college world series a lot of catchers for some reason are having troubles in Omaha. I don't know if it's like just a different environment. They're not used to it. If the pitchers are amped up and they're just seeing different stuff coming out of the hand. Um, or if the dirt around the home, like around home plate plays differently than they're used to. And it just skips in a way that they're not expecting. Cause there were a lot of pass balls, wild pitches. Um, and yeah, there's a lot more space behind home plate there in Omaha than there is in Lubbock. Um, it's a ways back when that rolls past you. <laughs> but it, it wasn't even balls getting past Fulford. They were like just errant throws to second. Those are the worst. ended up in, in, in center field. Throws you don't even make. Yeah, like I, I don't think he threw out anybody at no. second. The entire, entire time he was in Omaha, whereas there were games, complete series, where he, he like shut down a running team. I remember uh, that series against TCU, he threw out four guys in that first game. TCU did not attempt another steal the rest of the weekend. That that's a he threw out four standard. guys on the first game. Um, but like I said, it it wasn't just Braxton Fulford. It wasn't just Gabe Holt not being able to play because of his broken thumb. It wasn't just Micah Dallas not having a great start. Um, so you you hope that they can the the remaining team that the new guys coming in can uh, regroup and refocus and look ahead. Um, you, you lose a ton of guys to the draft, both existing team and incoming recruits. I, I don't remember specifically how many of your committed guys were drafted, but only one of those commits that were drafted are going to end up coming to campus. So there's just the one Nate Rombach, 
Um, hat tip to, to Keith, the Dinger Derby, for helping me figure this one out. The only, like I said, only drafted high school player right now that will make it to, to, to campus. Everybody else is going to accept their, their draft position, hmm. okay. their paycheck, and move on to the professional ball. Um, he's, he's a catcher, which kind of helps. Yeah, it could. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, to kind of put some competition there with um, Menzi and Fulford and now Rombach. Uh, he's a Texas guy from Mansfield. He he was drafted 19th round, so he went ahead of like Cameron Warren even. Yeah. But as a senior, he has no no uh, no leverage. Leverage. Drafted 19th round by the Marlins. Um. So okay, really, really interesting little sidetrack here. I got into looking into all the different minor league teams. Uh, one because there was a there was a post that Keith did that kind of did a um where are they now look at where some of the former Red Raiders are and their professional playing um, careers. And I was loving all of the minor league mascot team names. They're just gold. And I was, it, it got me a little sad that we don't live closer to a minor league affiliate. Uh, you've got one in Midland, the Rock Hounds, the Rock Hounds, which is, uh, and I think they, Oh, I can't remember their affiliation. Oh, I wouldn't know that. I have a friend of mine who's, who uh, went to high school with the that Angels, works, maybe? I don't know. Who who works in the oil field and he just loves baseball. So when he's in Midland, he's always posting a picture or two of him at a Rockhounds game. And of course, it looks like the most perfect day. It always it there's a cold beer athletics. somewhere. Oh, really? They are the double A affiliate of the Athletics. So th- it just always looks like the perfect day to go play. You know, watch a baseball game whenever he's there, and it makes you think, man, I just. Mosey on down to Midland and catch a game. Yep. And then you've got one in Amarillo, oh, the Sod Poodles. We know the Sod Poodles very well. They are double A affiliate of the Padres. Well, that's uh, interesting. So those are your two of like the eight Texas League teams you've got. Uh, the San Antonio Missions is one, although it's not close. They're they're affiliate of the Brewers. Saw that. Uh, Round Rock Express. Oh yeah, they're way off. They're um, they're an affiliate of like a National League team. No, they're an affiliate of uh of the Astros. Sorry, the Frisco Rough Riders are the Double A affiliate of the Rangers. The other thing really interesting that I found out, um. It's just the different levels and layers of minor league baseball. So, you know, like everybody thinks of like the single and double and, and, and triple A squads. And the more A's you have, the closer you are to the professional level. level. But they've got triple A. They've got double A. They've got advanced A, which is between double and single A. Under single A, they have short season. But not every team has a short season team. So... Sorry, not every organization has a short season team. Okay. Um, and then under that, you have uh, like the rookie teams. Some organizations have one rookie team. Some have like five or six. Some, so you, you can have multiple rookie teams because they're, they're playing in different leagues. The big ones are like the Gulf Coast League. Um, you've got one in the, in the Dominican um, and then you've got other rookie leagues that are 
here domestically um, located. I don't know specifically. I, I'm not looking at my spreadsheet. I was, I was looking. I was putting that together. I was having a lot of fun. Just one minor league baseball is just a completely different atmosphere. It's fun. You get to see big names come through every now and then, playing with some of the guys that are fighting to make a, a big league roster. Um, it's just it's a really cool form of baseball, and you get these really just fun stadiums like it's just it's a completely different world than uh like mlb baseball a lot of fun so i'm I'm a little sad that we don't have one closer to home um just roll down to midland you know i could go to midland i can go to amarillo but that's not really close yeah i mean it's like it's a two-hour it's not close enough to go there and come back yeah because it's on a whim yeah um, but yeah, I was just blown away. There's one, how many minor league teams there are, how many different levels and divisions. Um, and then just how cool some of the, the mascots are like the San Antonio missions, the Corpus Christi hooks, uh, Midland rock hounds, um, Albuquerque isotopes. Yeah. I always like the isotopes. Um, they've got a cool logo too. Yeah, I, I'm I'm blanking on, on some of the best ones like Myrtle Beach Pelicans, the Florida Fire Frogs. These are just fantastic names. Um, so yeah, I really want to see some minor league baseball. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> like just, jonesing for more baseball. You're, now. you're not done yet. You know, Tech had they had a great season, win, winning 46 games. Mm-hmm. I think it's the most they've ever won. Obviously, I think that's and it's the furthest the furthest they've got into Omaha. They were essentially a Final Four team in college baseball. Yeah, so you they had were. the Final Four in baseball. You had the Final Four in basketball this year. So, anyways, if you want to see more really quickly before we move on, that Red Raider and the Pros uh, post I was talking about from Keith is on Taking the Plains. Published it on Monday. And it looks at all the guys from, you know, Josh Tomlin, who's with the Indians, Chad Bettis, uh, who's with the Rockies, Nate Carnes, Danny Colomb, Kelby Tomlinson, AJ Ramos, Zach Reams. So these are guys like, so this next group of guys that we saw last season, Zach Reams is in short season, a Tanner Gardner, Grant Little, Fort Wayne, 10 caps. Pretty cool. Oh, oh Yeah. Keith shared a story that uh, he saw someone in Omaha with a tin caps cap on, and he he said something to him in passing, like "Hey, go tin caps!" And the guy looked at him with a blank stare, like he thought Keith was crazy. Like he had no idea what the what a tin cap was. Yeah, and he didn't. He's so like, he he must have just been been a, a guy that was. Oh, I like that logo. I'm just going to buy that cap. Which it's a pretty it's pretty. Sick it logo. is. It's pretty good. It reminds um, you of those old timey cartoons where there's there's someone wearing a upside down so it's, it's pot a, on your head. Yeah, that's what it is. It's an apple with the metal pot overturned as a hat. Mm-hmm. It's like Johnny Appleseed almost. Um, Cody Farhat with the Lake County Captains, which is an affiliate of the Indians organization. Orlando Garcia with the Augusta Green Jackets, part of the Giants organization. Hunter Hargrove, Stockton Ports. Um, Zach Davis, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Uh, Michael Davis is probably the one of the. He's he's in, 
he's in double A as well as um, Barrett Barnes and Tyler Nesloni from a couple of years back. Michael Davis is with the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, the double double A affiliate of the Minnesota Twins, and like just names like this, man. Like man, you know their their home atmosphere has got to be just a blast. Oh yeah, the Blue Wahoos. Um, Barrett Barnes is in the double A affiliate of the Mets, the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. <laughs> Tyler Nesloni, double-A affiliate for the Braves, the Mississippi Braves. Um, Gingry is with the Gulf Coast League Cardinals. Is one of the the Gulf Coast Leagues I was talking about. Jose Cazada is with the Fort Wayne Ten Caps. Ty Dameron, the Beloit Snappers. Um, Davis Martin, the Kannapolis Intimidators. Ryan Shedder with the Rome Braves. Matt Withrow, here you go, Florida Fire Frogs. And that's a pretty good-looking logo. I, w- I wonder if Brian would approve that logo. That's pretty cool. That's, uh, Hayden Howard with the Potomac Nationals. Um, Parker Mashinsky with the Fayetteville Woodpeckers. Um, Jacob Patterson from the Springfield Cardinals. Ryan Mosley, Tulsa Drillers. So these are so the I believe the Woodpeckers, the Drillers. Um, and the sod poodles, the rock counts. I think they're all in that Texas league. Um, not, sorry, not the woodpeckers, because it's the um, the Texas league are the double A team. So the it's like the Northwest Arkansas Travelers or something. I got my Arkansas teams mixed up. Corey Taylor with the Syracuse Mets. Matt Custard, so sorry, the Syracuse Mets is AAA. Matt Custard, Salt Lake Bees, AAA affiliate for the Angels. Oh, dude, check check out this logo. Matt Robert Duggar with the New Orleans Baby Cakes. New Orleans Baby Cakes, as in like the king cake, yeah, kind so of thing. It's his baby. He's got the a crown on his head, a purple bat. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's pretty good. Triple A affiliate for the Miami Marlins. So, uh, a really cool story. He's kind of tracking that. I, I believe he's going to continue to do that while while he's got some time. Um, I'm I'm not ready for baseball season to be over, but it 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 ended. The college season looks like it'll end tomorrow night, Wednesday night. It looks like Vanderbilt's going to. Hang on and beat Michigan tonight, forcing game three. So let's get on to your questions. Well, it doesn't look like there were a whole lot of questions, but I did have a friend, my friend, uh, the ace man, text me last week. You had a friend phone in? Yeah. And uh, he said he, he he caught part of the podcast, and he was just wondering, since Cliff isn't coaching, are you more or less excited to talk tech football than previous years? So I'm I'm interested more in like the development of the program uh, and seeing a, just a new staff, new group come in, than talking about oh we're gonna go and win eight nine games and possibly reach up and challenge for the conference championship. So it's it's gonna be a different focus this year, and it's not gonna be like I don't know. It's not gonna be chasing a championship for me. It's gonna be how 
Matt Wells and staff are laying the foundation in any on-field yeah. success that we see. So it, it it's it'll be different, but I'd say I'm a, a little less excited only because of the you know we we know what Kingsbury could do and what a Kingsbury offense could do mm-hmm. under all the right conditions. <laughs> if everything was going smoothly. So you can kind of get excited about that, but one thing I will not miss is the overhanging cloud of well will this be Kingsbury's last year how many how many games does he have to win does he have to win to get off the hot seat yeah so we're, we're getting asked the same question how many games does Matt Wells need to win to have a successful first season whereas last year every week we got asked how many games does Kingsbury have to win to keep his job and how many wins are left in the schedule yeah and you know all that kind of stuff but I I'm I don't want to say I'm less excited part of me is less excited because I'm just less excited about football in general. And I don't think that has anything to do with Matt Wells. It's it's kind of the reverse effect that I think people thought we would have in that I have so enjoyed seeing all of our other squads go far and do well that I don't want to say I'm completely satisfied as a fan because it would have been great to get a national championship in uh, baseball or in basketball or something like that. But, man, I'm not complaining. It, it's It's really – it's been very engrossing to watch. It's been it's been fun to watch these guys make these deep, deep playoff runs, and I I just feel like uh, you know I, we were fortunate to see that, and we should all feel the same way. So now, I've, just because of what a roller coaster ride it's been, how fun it is, it's kind of oh yeah, football. <laughs> okay, let's get back to that. Which is next six yep. weeks. I know. Let's get back to that, and then we'll. We'll see how we're how we're doing when basketball kicks off in October, and so it's, anyway, that's that's kind of part of my thought is I'm kind of less excited about football season in general, but it doesn't have anything to do with Coach Wells. It just has to do with how little success we've seen there over the last few years, and how much we've seen in other areas. And yeah, it's, it's how much fun it is to root for teams that are winning, and how less fun it is a, to root for teams that aren't. <laughs> <laughs> difficult for Wells to kind of manage expectations after this super successful, most successful spring in Texas Tech history. Unfortunately, yes. Because one, it, it, he's expectations are going to be there that probably shouldn't because of yes. Chris Beard, because of Tim Tadlock, because of Wes Kitley. Um, so, yeah, they, they should not be there. We should not be equating what Chris Beard's able to do with 12 guys versus in year three yes i mean we we just should not be equating that matt wells it's amazing it's amazing what he was what he was able to do and it's it's very impressive we shouldn't downplay it but it's also not something that's just i see it too often i think people are kind of saying it half joking sometimes but i think a lot of people are really a lot of people believe it too yes and they're just okay well you know everybody else is doing good so you better do good too like it's matt wells turn yeah well hang on let the the guy coach a game first let let him break in the headset i don't think he's ever oh headset he's only called a few plays from the headset so far we've got to at least get it broken in all right so this isn't so much a question but it's a comment uh a reply to your asking for questions alan corbin um thanks alan congratulations on the 100th episode a lot has happened since the beginning it's true we started in january of 2018 and this is right after the national championship game it was like like the night of or night after yeah um we consumed much barbecue it's true 
more and more every day. It's, it feels like darn smokers put me to work. <laughs> I've certainly grown during this time as a listener. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks, Alan. I don't think it's because of us, but <laughs> here's to more conference championships and burn scooters in the next 100. Yeah. I'll, I'll take you up on that. Both. Yeah. <laughs> I want both. Yeah. Thanks for listening, Alan. Um, and sticking with us for a hundred episodes, a year and a half. That's no a, kidding. I'm so I had this thought the other day too. I was like, I was still surprised and grateful that like Brian and Keith still listen to our, our show yeah. regularly. Like, Even if it's not every single time, it just means a ton. Cause uh, the same thing when, when Adam sent me that question, it was because he was listening to our show and I don't think he listens. I'm, I'm not expecting anybody to listen to every single one, but Guys that are still listening. From second one to last one, last second. Even, I, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. So thanks for, thanks to our sponsors. Oh, wait. We don't have any sponsors. But if y'all if y'all know anybody that's looking to sponsor. Speaking of good queso, though. Podcast. Oh, did you find some new ones? No, not new. I just went to Blue Sky for lunch today. I got the steak and fries again. It's my, my go-to order. So it's the two hamburger patties. And grilled onions and jalapenos between them, and it's smothered in queso. Yeah, yeah, that's not too bad. Um, is what you should get. So, there's also good queso at Blue Sky. If we can't figure out how to get in with Orlando's or Cap Rock, I know those are those are um, maybe too lofty. Torchies, okay. we could, we should get in for Torchies too. I don't think we're gonna hold it to an hour, but oh, we're we, pretty darn close. Going yard. Um, so we both mowed our own lawns. Yes, which. You're like, well, of course you mowed your own lawn, Spencer. That's all you ever talk about. It had been since last Saturday. It's not like four days ago, but a week ago Saturday since I last mowed my yard. Um, I was going to go out there last Wednesday to mow it, and it was like 105. I was like, mm, no, it's too hot. I don't want to mess with that. Um, and then Saturday, we had some early plans, and I was like, you know what? It's, it's way too hot again. And it was raining a bunch, so... It had been like 10 days, far too long for me to normally let my lawn go. I was actually starting to kind of like the overgrown kind of bushy, shaggy look to it, but I cut it today. looks super nice. Like, huh, I missed that. I, um, I actually pulled out the mower, I believe for the first or second time this year. Why is that, Michael? Because I have a lawn service. Well, I know, but why, why did you have to pull out the lawnmower? If well, you lawn it, it needed a little extra TLC. Uh-huh. Because so you, I only you, you have really, them, really I have them come every other week. You really can't go every other week. Well, I, it it looks a little rough. It looks a little rough if I go every other week. Mm-hmm. So I I, uh, I I mowed. It was fantastic. I by the time I went outside, mowed, blew the lawn clippings back into the yard and all that, less than an hour. That's huge. Yeah, because so used to I, it take me two and a half hours. To do I don't that see why and it takes edge you so long and edge, I don't understand it. My gosh, if you if you just if you would if you would just edge my yard once, you would see. Because I've I've gotten it down. Of course, my yard's a lot smaller than yours. I'll just go ahead and, and confess that. But and I also have a lot less edging. Yes, but I can edge, mow, trim, and blow. Be done in forty minutes. No, no. And I have three thousand square feet. Just about, but I don't have as much edging to do as a lot of other, like we're, we're in the middle, we're on a corner. So I've got it down to about 40, 45 minutes. No, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't trim or edge tonight. So I I, I spent the extra time 
double cutting. So I, I turned 90 degrees and I mowed again because it had gotten so long. The mower is not like, I don't have the best mower. Um, so it, it had left some stragglers and some of the longer clippings were just sitting on top of the lawn. So I mowed it again. I cut those clippings down and I, I, I caught those stragglers and it looks real sharp. So Michael, what's up? What did we learn this week? Well, I learned that uh, our friend Bart Rager partnered with the same PR group that Mike Leach has partnered one with. Dude. Let's, let's be honest. It's the, just a guy with with a camera. Yeah, <laughs> who uses footage that no one gave him permission to use. Uh, anyway, if y'all want to look this up, I'm going to try to link it in uh, within our post on Staking the Plains where these same guys uh and I put this I'm saying this in air quotes interviewed Bart Rager yeah he interviewed Rager interviewed their marketing director which was like why is he still working cuz he, he was in in his office like they haven't sold a car in a year yeah why is the, like why are you still paying this marketing director well for those of you who don't know Shane Smith who was the CFO the CFO he uh, reached a plea deal mm-hmm. with the feds for wire fraud, correct? Uh, yeah, and check hiding and all that kind of stuff. All the stuff that they were, were basically accused of from the start. He's personally responsible for, I think, $27 million, something Yikes. crazy like that. So he reached a plea deal last week. And I saw, even with the plea, he's still like, could get up to like 20 years, right? I think so. Oh, that's a lot. So I think this is basically Rager getting out in front of whatever Smith is about to get <laughs> included in his plea deal because speculating here from a non-legal mind by any means, uh, I am have I have a feeling that Smith may have some sort of dirt that he's willing to trade to try to get a lighter sentence. Um and that would kind of make sense based off of stuff you've just seen. And so I think Rager may either know that or if Rager's truly completely innocent, he may know that Smith may try to do that. And so he's trying to get out in front of it. But man, this video was not the way to do it. It's just 12 minutes. He recreates like his original ad. Like, oh, why? It's cringy. It, it is cringy. It, the, like he's like crack, not, not cracking up, but like his voice breaks and like he's getting emotional. It's like, Dude, you're doing your stank, your same shtick you've done for 20 years. Well, and the guy that does the narrating is, well, you know, just a, just a guy out here in the South Plains just trying to get a job done. And, you know, it, it's just, you, it's really all it is is I likened it to, um, I, I did this in our Slack chat, to when someone tweets something racist or says something terrible and their fans call them on it and they catch them and, and they're, they immediately realize, oh, gosh, yeah, that was bad. And so E or somebody does a little expose five-minute feature with them, and, and they're walking around talking about how great they are, and they're, they're talking to other people about how great they are. And, and you know, th- this, was just a, this was just a mistake. That's kind of what this felt like. It, he, he did address some of the allegations head-on, which I applaud him for, but that was maybe well, 30 seconds of the video. All he said is, I had no idea. I was like, Nobody believes that. <laughs> As the CEO, you didn't tough. know what your CFO was doing. That was well, yeah. And, and he even said, "I had all the statements. I had all this. I had all that." And you know, I, I just, 
I was the salesman. I didn't. I'm not the financial guy. I'm the guy <laughs> that sells said, cars. I'm the guy. That, I'm the guy that did everything else except the numbers. Oh, and guess what? The numbers are what's screwing us over right now. Yeah, it, it just and it went into how he hired a guy that was homeless and was. I mean, I'm not making fun of that. That's you know that's a great thing to do. And it went into all the charities he gave in, listed them, named them off, had. Had footage from commercials with Tony Dorsett, who I'm sure signed off on this. Had footage with uh, just a portrait of Zach Smith. I mean, not Zach Smith. Zach Thomas out of nowhere with Josh Abbott's victory bells playing in the background. And then, of course, Josh Abbott's commercial with him, which I'm sure he signed off on too. It it just was a complete puff piece about, hey, here's here's all the great things I've done. See, I'm a really good guy. I didn't know anything about this. Also, hey, look, look, I hired this guy. He was homeless. And look, look how much money I donated to this. And mm-hmm. look how much money I donated to it. It, was, it just really came off as exactly what you would expect Bart Rager to put out. Yeah, it was, it was cringy. Um, what I learned this week is, well, I'm starting to learn dealing with insurance companies about hail damage. Because mm. not only did, did we, we had that hailstorm Monday night. It damaged both my vehicle and the roof. Oh, man. So I have to figure out if I want to go through either of those or if I want to wait till the end of the severe weather season and do that. So Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think our roof, we actually need to get it checked yeah. pretty soon. Well, I know a guy, but it, probably not your insurance guy. Yeah, I don't we'll know. See. It doesn't matter who you have for insurance. <laughs> um, all right, man. We didn't, we didn't really keep it to under an hour. Um, but y'all could have stopped at an hour and probably not missed anything. Yeah. <laughs> We're at 108. It's okay. Um, so, yeah, we, we won't catch you next week. We will see you in a couple weeks, week after the 4th. But thanks for joining us this week on the 23 Personnel Podcast. For Spencer, I'm Michael. We'll catch you later. That's backwards. <laughs> Fantastic. For Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us.